It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome in, everybody, to the Friday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Get a little Irish music going there. The Dropkick Murphy's a little shipping up to Boston. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Chris. Woo! You always know that's my reaction to that. Of course, of course. Your inspiration to wrestling, to Chad Carson's Woo! wrestling, Ric Flair. <laughs> I, I don't do it as good, obviously. I'm Philip Pilkington filling in for the P-Man who is currently calling some ECU softball games. That's Chris Cook on the one and twos. We also have Dom Kosulke helping us out behind the scenes today. We'll give him a woo too. Woo! There we go. A little woo for Dom. Alrighty, we are going to be joined later in the show by Brittany Hoyt, the Cutler Analyst for ECU Pirate Basketball on uh, on TV for the home ESPN Plus game. So she's called a handful of their games this year. She's going to join us later bottom of the hour to talk about the Pirates journey down to Austin, Texas here for the NCAA tournament. So that will be a big interview and head of a big day in Pirate Athletics. Obviously we got Pirate ba- Baseball on our airways today meaning it's only a 45 minute edition of the Patrick Johnson show. And as mentioned, our guy the P-Man is currently calling ECU softball over on at Max R. Joyner Family Stadium for the Jolly Roger Invitational. I actually want to look that up right now and see how the softball team is doing. I should have already had it pulled up. They have two games, I believe, today. They're about to take on Ohio State here in a matter of minutes, but I think they already played once today. Yes, they did. They knocked off Cleveland State 5-1 to earlier this afternoon, and they are about to take on the Buckeyes of Ohio State. So you can actually get on over to the softball field and catch some softball ahead of tonight's baseball game against Missouri State. They played uh, Notre Dame recently, they right? They played Notre Dame last night, yeah. Was that here? Yeah. Oh, wow. Play- so Notre Dame came all the way here. Yeah. You, Dame- you know I'm a big Notre Dame fan, so yeah, that's wild. Yeah, no, while, while Chris was, was producing PJ show yesterday, I was over doing the PA for softball against Notre Dame. Unfortunately, the Pirates uh, fell to Notre Dame in that one, 7 to nothing. Pirates just never really got the bats going. Okay, see, I am a huge Notre Dame fan, but you know I, I was rooting for ECU in that one. No, I know you were. I was, if it was I was, football, I, was I think you him. might be considering Notre no, Dame. I, no, I'll still <laughs> root for ECU in football over Notre Dame. I will. This I is my I'm alma just- mater, man. I know. I'm just. I'm just giving you heck because I can. I, no, I don't know if you would root for ECU over Duke. Well, well see, maybe, maybe, maybe smi- we shouldn't get I into that on the air. In there. I see you smiling. <laughs> in there. Anyways, we'll keep it going with a little ECU. Uh, they are taking on the Missouri State uh, baseball. Should have had it pulled up. I thought I had it pulled up. I believe they're the Tigers. Missouri State, no, nowhere on their thing does it have their mascot. I think they're the Tigers. I'm pretty sure. We're going Tigers. Anyways, they're taking on Missouri State tonight in baseball. Obviously, that game can be heard right here on 94.3. The game 6 o'clock tonight, 4 o'clock tomorrow, and then 1 o'clock on Sunday. 
Trey Savage is set to go for the Pirates tonight. He comes in at 2-0 with a 1.96 ERA. He will be facing Brant Thompson from Missouri State, who comes in at 2-1 with a 2.55 ERA. On the season, Missouri State, they have not been hitting the ball phenomenally. As far as an average standpoint, they are very much a modern-day baseball team. They're batting 285, but they're slugging at 527 because they have 30 home runs in just 16 games. They come in 11-5, and five, so almost two home runs a game. And uh, they also have 43 doubles, which is about two and a half doubles a game. Chris, this sounds, sounds like a baseball game you'd like. I know you like to watch dingers. You're a big dinger guy. Yeah, so is that what you mean when you say they're a modern team? Yeah, they strike out a lot. So modern baseball is not as much hitting for average. It's a lot of strikeout home run hitting. Okay, yeah, they've got 171 strikeouts on the year. So that means they're striking out over 10 times a game, but they're almost hitting two home runs a game. That sounds like a more entertaining style of baseball, honestly. Yeah, I'm being totally honest. I'm very much an old school. No, I like, I like, I don't like as much small ball as Cliff Godwin plays. I don't like bunting like 42 times a game like he does giving away free outs. But you like but, the slower pace and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm so. not even saying slower pace, but I like to get guys on, advance them, bunting every now and again, sacrifice flies, and, and driving guys in with putting the bat on the ball and hitting the ball in gaps. Okay, I got I'm you. not as much of a... I mean, don't get me wrong, I like to see the long ball every now and again, but I don't like relying on the long ball to score your runs. Because I think if you miss a few, it's very easy to get shut out or only score one or two runs in a game. And, and I don't like that, especially when it's my team. I'm not as... Excuse me. It's big of a deal when it's other teams, but especially when it's my team. I want to see I want to see Domino's Red Sox score, you know, six, seven runs a game. Oh, are not, y'all both Red Sox? Yeah. Fan? Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's what the pirate pitching will be facing this weekend. So hopefully they can limit the long ball, something they've done a pretty good job of this year. It's really been an interesting week for the Pirates. A few guys have moved around in the lineup. It seemed to help them out. We saw it last week with AMAC. He moved down in the lineup, also started hitting right-handed, and he hit two two dingers on the first game Saturday. You saw Lane Hoover take some time off, and then he came back, and um, he played really well despite batting at the bottom of the lineup this weekend. Same thing with JJC getting moved down the lineup. It's really taken the pressure off these Pirate hitters, and they looked have looked very good. Some of the guys who struggled earlier in the season have looked very good here these last few games. One of the guys to look out for on this Missouri State team, though, is Spencer Nevins, I believe is how you say it. He is batting 369 and slugging. 831. He has hit seven homers already this season in just 16 games. So he seems like a guy kind of like Tommy Tanks last year from NC State that could really hurt the Pirates if they allow him to. So it should be an exciting baseball weekend this weekend. Uh, Speaking of Missouri State, man, their coach has been there for now 41 years. Years. This is his 41st year, and that says that is hard to do anywhere, especially at a school like this, because when you've been at a school that long, usually you've either been fired or you've been so good that a big-time team has come up and, and grabbed you. But Keith Guten has been there now for 41 years. He has taken them to a college world series back in 2003 and a and three NCA regional appearances 2003 2015 2017 what is your thoughts on that chris 41 years a long time that to just, live in one place that is but that immediately brings up a follow up question that i'm not even sure you have the answer to how old is this guy 
I think the great Wikipedia hopefully will tell us. Uh, yeah, you would think so, right? Because I mean, it, I know it, our unless, teachers told us don't rely on Wikipedia, right? But yeah, you know. because unless this guy is like really, really old, it sounds like he spent a majority of his life coaching this baseball team. Does the great Wikipedia not have his date of birth? Oh God! Oh goodness, Wikipedia! I'm, I, I will try in the next break look on their official website and, and look at his yeah. bio. And um, actually, we should be able to do it here if I can get my computer to act right. But anyways, while I'm looking this up, just to mention, he has 1,340 wins. Jesus. That is a lot of baseball games to win anywhere or in your career, and he's done it all at one program. That really is special here. I'm going on their website now. Uh, does their website not have his date of birth? We'll never, we can't find out how old this guy is. Wow. Cause I'm he, telling he you. He must be a vampire, and yeah, he must just be living know. forever. Yeah, I don't know. Because it sounds like he spent a, literally a majority of his life coaching this baseball team. Oh, I definitely think he has. Oh, wait. Dom, Dom's doing his work behind the scenes. I see Dom showing Chris something there across the way. Well, let's, while they're trying to figure that out, we are going to talk about wins. Tonight, Coach Cliff Godwin comes in with 317 wins. That is tied with Billy Godwin for second all-time for the Pirates. So he could become the sole second-place uh, all-time wins if Coach Godwin wins tonight. All right, Chris, you got something? Yeah, okay, so this guy is 68. Don't want to overlook this. Let's get back to what you were talking about, but I do want to say So this guy is 68. That would mean that he began coaching this team at 27 years old. Wow. And has stayed there 41 years. Then this is his head coaching tenure, by the way. This yeah. is not, he was an assistant. No, this guy was a head coach at 27. Wow. That is amazing. That really is. Yeah. So that is amazing. Says, um, let's see, playing career. Uh, he played at Southwest Missouri State. And then he was actually an assistant starting in 1979 at Southwest Missouri State, then went to a JUCO, and then has been at this school since 83. So, yes, his 81st season, or 41st, excuse me, season. But back to what we're talking about, Coach Godwin could become the sole, uh, be solely in second place tonight ahead of Billy Godwin if he gets the win, which would put Coach Godwin, Coach Cliff Godwin, at... 318 wins all time, which would be still 109 wins behind. Dr. Gary Overton. Dr. Coach, Coach Gary Overton. That's my man. That is my man. I love uh, Dr. Overton. Yep. Coach O, our, uh, our, our great commentator and the pirate coach from 1985 through 1997 is the all-time winningest coach in pirate baseball history at 427 Wins, so. And he's also the nicest guy I've literally ever met. I, I think he definitely is. Yeah. And I'm not just saying this because I don't know if he is listening, if he has a headset on right now, but he there is a, a his he has the ability to hear us right now. But Coach O generally, Chris and I were actually talking about him before the show, that he genuinely asks how I'm doing every time I see him, and he asks about the different guys at this station and how. And, and it's you know, not just little small talk. Like no. he's like a genuine. He's actually like a really genuinely nice guy. Yes, yeah. he genuinely wants to know how everybody's doing, what's the latest, who's who's doing what this weekend, and and you know, how everybody's doing. So he he really is a great guy. So 
That will about do it for the Pirates stuff, for this portion at least. Uh, like we said, we're going to have Brittany Hoyt join us here before too long. That's why we want to get on into segment two, which is going to be kind of our news of the day, really focused on the NCAA tournament before we get to her, as she will give us all that you need to know on Pirate women's basketball, as she is the biggest expert on them, probably in Greenville, other than Coach McNeil herself. So on the other side of this timeout, Cookie and I will give you the news of the day. What shall we do with a drunken sailor? What shall we do with a drunken sailor? What shall we do with a drunken sailor early in the morning? Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. I love I love your taste in music there. Giving us a little Irish pub music. Oh, yeah, you for... know, I got a little bit of Irish in me. There you go. I'm mostly English and German, but I do got a little hair of Irish in me. I got a solid amount of Irish in me. I got some German in me, too, so and English, but... I'm kind of but a that's mutt, your but main uh, Irish is your main yeah. like. Which well, is yeah, my okay. I mean my dad's mother's maiden name was Devlin, which is like oh, that's a name. really Irish name. Yeah. yeah, so definitely have some Irish in me. So uh, unfortunately, can't be uh, partaking in any of that stuff today because I've got to. Oh yeah, you got a big weekend coming. Tell them a little bit about it before we get into this. Yeah, I've got, I've got my I, I let my mom talk me into doing a half marathon on Sunday in Durham. So. Been training for eight weeks. Oh, yeah, I, I know you've been training. Yeah. You're always talking about, like, oh, yeah, I just went for a run, uh, and I'm like, wow, you run literally every day. Yeah, it's it's very boring. I should have I should have been better at football and stuck to football. I could be in the NFL right now if I was actually good. You know, that's a lot more uh, fun yeah, than right. I don't know how my mom finds this stuff enjoyable, but either way, I'm stuck doing it. So, But I, I will be celebrating St. Patrick's Day on uh, on Sunday after my race. What about you? You do anything special for St. Patrick's Day? Yeah, um, I'm thinking about hitting up uh, Uptown Brewery tonight. They have uh, a band playing tonight, and they got the green beer. You know, you got to have the green beer. Got to have the green beer on St. Patty's Day. And, and by the way, I'm not wearing my green because I'm going to the baseball game after this. I got my Pirates on, but uh, because Cookie will be back in studio, he does not have to wear pirate stuff so he's got his is brett Favre. oh yeah this is a throwback throwback or throwback. brett favor supporting local business tailgate classics i actually got this to tailgate classics downtown there you go there you go you gotta love it so anyways we gotta get into the news of the day the news of the day is it's the ncaa tournament didn't even mention it in the first well we mentioned the women's tournament but uh, a heck of a Thursday yesterday. I mean, we won't go into all those games, obviously. If you, if you don't know about the games that happened yesterday now, then you're just not a college basketball fan. You don't care enough because there was some exciting basketball. Uh, I do want to give one shout-out, though, to Garrett Hine, who I went to high school with, who was the guy who got the steal for Furman at the end of the game uh-huh. and the assist to beat Virginia. Oh, wow. And pull okay. off the big upset. So uh, he went to high school with me. He's a couple years younger than me, so um, I had to give a shout-out to him. But uh, another guy we want to shout out, our guy from the Morning Rush, Mark Miller, is a big Pitt Panther fan. He went to Pittsburgh, and he is currently in Greensboro. He texts me. He's got some great seats. By the way, tune in to the Morning Rush on WNCT every morning. Is it 7 to 6? I believe they start at 6. I think they start uh-huh. at 6, yeah. Um, but tune into them every morning on WNCT. And uh, our guy, Mark Miller, is a big Pitt Panther fan. They are up 36-26 currently on Iowa State for a chance to play in the round of 32 against a very fortunate Xavier team who was down 13 with about eight minutes to go to Kennesaw State, who was making their first ever NCAA tournament appearance this season. However, Xavier at one point put together a 13-0 run to come back and tie the game. They went on to win that one 72-67. So 
Mark Miller's hoping that's who his Pitt Panthers will have a date with here coming up at some point on Sunday. Uh, just going to quickly run through the scores of live games right now. Uh, those ugly pack of wolves from down the road in Raleigh are trailing the Creighton Blue Jays 39-37, to 37, currently I, with 13 minutes to go. I hope they get the crab beaten out of them, man. Yeah, Talking about too. state, right? Yeah. Oh, God, I hope I get, I, they get the crab beaten I, out I of them. I want to know who Carolina fans are pulling for. Cause Carol- That's a good question. Because yeah. Carolina fans... They're spoiled. Well, they can't stand state. Right. Uh huh. And they've hated Creighton ever since 2013 because Creighton broke Marcus Page's hand in the NCAA tournament, and like Carolina was like arguably one of the best teams that year. Was probably going to win it all. Mm-hmm. And they that broke them, their I'm best guessing, player's yeah. hand, their point guard's hand, and they've hated Creighton ever since. So that is a very good question: is who are those fans pulling for this year? Maybe they're just not interested. I don't know. No, I'm just saying in this game. I, I can tell you, right, they're technically pulling against anybody but Duke is who they're pulling for. Yeah, but that's, it's in of that course, game. Of course. Uh, I guess they're probably pulling for Creighton because they don't have to hear it from the Creighton fans when Creighton wins because Carolina fans don't know any Creighton fans. I don't know any Creighton fans. I don't even know where Omaha, Nebraska is. I just know it's somewhere in Nebraska, and that's where we strive to go play baseball every year. But yeah, I, I forget I, Nebraska a, is even a place see. sometimes. I've got family yeah. there. Oh, you I, do? I okay. Thing. I mean, that's, that's literally all I know about Creighton. I mean, I know about their basketball team, but I've never met a Creighton fan, ever. And then the other game going on right now, Rick Pitino making his return to the NCAA tournament as the head coach of Iona, and they are currently beating UConn 32-27. So those are the three current games. Pitt up on Iowa State uh, midway through the second half by 10. Uh, Midway through the second half, State up now by 1 and then late in the first half, Iona's up on UConn. So now, Cookie, we're going to move into some of our other news of the day. Before we get okay. into that, who you got winning it all? Oh, yeah, I forgot to totally ask. Um, that was what I was supposed to ask you. I have Kansas. I know it's weird to pick a team back-to-back years. There's no clear-cut favorite this year, but I think they're the most ready. A lot of returners from a year ago. I like the Jayhawks. I'm going to go with Houston for the simple reason. If you're able to beat the ECU Pirates twice... I got you winning it all. There you go. If you're able to beat my team twice, then you got it. I got Houston winning the whole thing. You know, normally I hate on homers, but I love that. I love that take. Okay. I love it. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Hey, somebody, I would love it. Somebody from the conference. You know, in a way, it would be cool, but, like, they're leaving the conference. That's true. That's so also it's like, true. get out of here and don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Just get out of here. We don't... But how cool would that be for so many fans here in Greenville that were at the game uh, where Houston played us here? For them to say they saw the champion okay, that's in, a good point. Uh, in Minji's that year. That is a good point. That's a good point. So, All right, Cookie's picking the uh, the Cougars. What happened to Dom? Did you send him off to do a task? Dom is doing me? some baseball-related tasks right ah, now. Ah, dang it. Preparing for the big game. we got a big game coming up. I know up. we do. I was going to ask Dom who he had in the uh, in his bracket. but um, So i got the Jayhawks. Uh, Cookie's got the Cougars. And uh, moving on, we're we, – don't have much time for this NFL stuff because we got to get to Brittany Hoyt. But um, news of the day with the NFL. I know this is some of these might be a couple days ago, but we haven't had a chance to talk about them. Yeah, because it's ECU stuff going. It's been a heck of a week. It's been a wild week for the agency. It has. Wild so let's week. just hit on the big ones. We'll hit on the big ones. So what do you got for us? All right, up first, I just personally thought this was interesting that the Dolphins have got Mike White on a two-year deal. I'm not sure if that means that they are thinking of moving on from Tua or if this is purely a backup. What are you thinking? That's a backup. They picked up. Come I mean, they on. got him on a two-year deal, though. 
Yeah, I mean, so the the Panthers got Andy Dalton on a two-year deal. I, I was kind of thinking Andy Dalton might get some playing time. I mean, yeah, probably to mentor whoever they decide to draft, and you know, and it's going to turn out to be a mediocre quarterback and make me hate Tepper more than I already do. But no, it yeah, I think Mike White is. I mean, you're right. He did play well this past year. I can see it. But I think what it is is they wanted to a guy like Mike White. The reason why you give him a two year deal is because he proved he can be a solid backup and come in when you need. And that two years as opposed to one shows them what they think of him and that they are letting him know, hey, if two doesn't work out, you're our guy. And I think it's easier to sign a guy that way. But I, I don't want to read too deep. I mean, That's if you fair. got a, if you got an alter, an alternating opinion i think they might be looking to move on from tua he's proven to be injury prone uh not not even just with his body but like concussion like i I don't know if they're thinking that he's going to be the really long-term guy anymore okay you know what i mean yeah cookie's thinking mike white might be the future of the dolphins all right up next uh i'm going to list two by the patriots because i think both of these are really good moves okay i'm saying before i even read them i think both of these are yay we're going to say yay or nay on each of them both of these i'm going to say yay they have got juju smith schuster on a three-year deal 25 mil okay and then they also got gasecki uh for nine million on a one-year deal i think both of these money-wise sound good and talent-wise i think both of these guys are elite talents great pickup for uh belichick here the only thing I don't like is, could you not get more years out of Gasicki? One I, but, year. Oh, it stinks. But you got Schuster on a three-year deal, though. That's a lot of money shelling out for a long period of time with a free agent. Or did they want to go immediately into another free agent long period like that? Yeah, I, don't, I, get, I get what you're saying, but I, I would like to, I'd like to lock him down for more than one year. But other than that, yes, I do like the deals. I'm going yay, but it would have been cool to, if, if you're a New England fan, to get him for you know, two God, years. Yeah, I got you. Well, hey, we'll see. Maybe they'll resign him. Uh, up next, we're going to move to the Jets. They've been making some big moves. We got all the speculation with Rodgers. I think this actually helps the speculation with Rodgers, kind of affirms that he is going there because the Jets have gotten uh, former Packers wide receiver Alan Lazard on a four-year, $44 million contract. I'm going to say nay. Love Alan Lazard. I think he's a solid number two, number three guy, but I'm not sure why they are thinking that he's worth a four-year deal. Yeah, I mean, they just... Who'd they draft last year? Wilson? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I like it. Four years, though? I, I like the fact they picked him up, but I do not like... I don't even mind the four years. It's the $11 million a year that I don't like. I mean, if you could have got him for four years and paid him $6 million a year... I mean, he's a young guy. Receivers have decently longevity. I just... I think you're kind of overpaying him. But the thing is, if that's what it takes to get Aaron Rodgers... But four years, is Rodgers even going to want to be there four years, though? I think that's not the point, though. Okay. You want him to be there with Rodgers and then be there for the first year of the next that's guy. That's fair. That, make, that makes a lot of so, sense, yeah. I, like I said, I have no problem with the longevity of the contract. I would like to see a little cheaper because I don't know if he's worth $11 million a year. But if that's what it has to take to get Rodgers, I think it all comes out. The Jets are weird to talk about because it's like if they get Rodgers and they win a Super Bowl, who cares how much they spent? Like, mm-hmm. if you sell everything for a Super Bowl, and look what the Rams did. They don't have a first-round draft pick for the next, like, however. But, but they they're, the hey, they got the Super Bowl. Yeah, so they're doing cares? better than 99% of the teams, I would say, because yeah. of that. So, yeah, I think if it gets you Rodgers and Rodgers gets you what you want, great. But you're right, if it doesn't work out, mm-hmm. it's it's bad. They might be in some deep doo-doo, yeah. Yeah, All right. so it's, it's a boomer bust deal. Let's move on. Uh, we got an ECU alum here, even though he did transfer. Uh, Garner Minshew, Indianapolis Colts, fully guaranteed one-year, $3.5 million deal that has a max value of uh, $5.5 million with incentives. 
How do you feel? I'm kind of iffy about this because I'm not sure if this is a backup move or they're running with him. Oh no, this is a backup. They're drafting somebody. They got you they think so? Because I saw him. they got rid of uh, Matt Ryan. They got rid of Matt Ryan. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think they're. I mean, it's a solid deal. You got to bring in somebody who can mentor. You would like to bring in a slightly older guy, but some of the older guy mentors had already been snatched up. You know, you already got Andy Dalton snatched up by the Panthers and a few right. other guys. So. I mean, it's a solid move. I mean, I don't really say. I Do you like think it, he's proven that he can be more than a backup at this point? No, I don't. No. Yeah. Okay. Glad we're he's a career backup. Glad we're kind of in agreement on that one. Yeah. No offense, ECU alum, but uh, yeah. Anyway, okay. Uh, moving on, I would say this would be the biggest piece of news from free agency. Arguably, you can disagree with me if you want. The Raiders, Las Vegas, making some moves. Jimmy Garoppolo from the 49ers, three-year, $72.75 million deal that includes $24.5 million in year one. I'm saying yay. I think it was time to move on from Carr. My only complaint is that him and Carr have a little bit of similar playing styles. And so I'm not sure if moving on from Carr, if, they, if they're saying that Carr was the problem, I'm not sure this is the fix. But I personally like both of them, so I think it was a good move. I'm with you. Okay. Because I think Carr wasn't really working, and Garoppolo's like he's not a star, but he finds out how to win. Are we, we, but we got Brittany calling us. Yes, we do. Okay, uh, yeah, we need to. We, we need got to Brittany calling us, so we got to get into more of this later. But we'll wrap it up here on the other side of this timeout. Our final segment: Brittany Hoyt of the ECU women's basketball colorants. We got to save time for her on the short forty-five minute edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Welcome back to the Friday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. We are just under 29 hours away from tip-off of East Carolina and Texas in the women's NCAA tournament. We are lucky enough to be joined here on the Patrick Johnson Show by the color analyst for ESPN Plus for Pirate Basketball, Brittany Hoyt. How's it going, Brittany? It is great. Thank you so much for having me. No, we really appreciate you coming on. This is a special day in Pirate Nation, or tomorrow will be a special day. It's really been a special run for our Pirates. Obviously, you've been along with them all season long. When, for you, did you kind of realize that this was going to become a special year? I think for this group, there was a lot of hype coming in, right? You know, you have Amaya Joyner, who is the top recruit ever in East Carolina women's basketball history, but Danae McNeil, the return of her and her coming off of that hand-wrist injury from last year. But I think for this group, there was a shift around December. You know, they they had a tough loss, um, you know, at SMU by two points in, in Tulsa. And I think this group, honestly, they learned how to lose, and they learned what they needed to do to fight to win some big-time games. No, definitely. I could see a shift to around that time. And I noticed um, Micah Dennis was not starting earlier in the season or not playing as many minutes. And it seemed like when she took over the point guard role, that's kind of when I thought at least that the transition kind of happened. And obviously she brought a lot from her old school at Oklahoma State. She's been to the NCAA tournament. What do you think she's meant to this program? For her, she brought a pace. And I think with her pace, she brought a a settlement for everyone else to do their job. So one of the things I love about her was she was a rebounding guard. And and for me as a former basketball player, I love that about a guard because she's active. And and points were secondary, and Coach Kim McNeil wanted her at times to be aggressive shooting-wise. And she did. She had some 
some big time scoring nights for this team when, when they needed it, but she was able to create opportunities for other people. So I think for her, it was her presence. She brought a pace and a patience to this group that, wow, she made Amaya Joyner better. She made Danae McNeil better. And she really opened up the floor for other people to be successful. And successful they were this season, and that's got them a bid to the NCAA tournament. And uh, we'll move on to that game. They're taking on Texas tomorrow night at 10 o'clock-ish. Probably be a little later than that as they're the second game of their segment. You can hear that right here on 94.3 The Game. Our guy Scott Rogers will be on the call for that when we are joined here still by Brittany Hoyt, the color analyst for ESPN Plus for the ECU Pirates. And moving on to that game against the Texas Longhorns, what have you seen from this Texas team, and how do you think our ladies match up against the Longhorns? So it's going to be a tough night. I think, you know, you have East Carolina, who's third nationally in forcing people to turn the ball over, right? Well, guess what? Texas, they're 14th nationally. So it's going to be a big night of defense. I think a point of emphasis that East Carolina is going to have to respond is Texas is big. They have some size. They're actually ranked fourth nationally in blocks. So they are a shot-blocking team. They have size, and and they have a lot of depth in the paint. So where East Carolina is going to have to do, they're going to have to be creative. I think that they're going to have to be all on all cylinders rebounding the basketball, which has definitely been a point of emphasis for this group um, this year is boxing out and rebounding. And in Texas is tough. I mean, they've been ranked nationally all year long. Vic Schaefer, he is his big 12 here. Well, guess what? East Carolina, we have the American athletic conference coach of the year. So there's a lot of similarities in both of these groups, but I think it's going to be an awesome challenge and a big night of defense. You know, you mentioned the boxing out. They got, I think, a handful of girls that are 6'3 plus. I think Coach McNeil even said the other day in her press conference that I think they have more post players than they do guards on their roster, which is something that you seldomly see. How do you think the Pirates should attack that being? I mean, it's clear. We're the undersized team. There's no need in sugarcoating it. And you, obviously, being a former player, kind of know this. When you are the undersized team, what is the key to to being the better rebounding team? I think, you know, for for East Carolina, is focused on who they are and, and, and their strengths. And, and they know they're going to have to bring their A-game boxing out. So they're going to have to be really clean in boxing out and they're going to have to push people back and they're going to probably even have to exaggerate because guess what? You got six, two, six, three over, you know, a Micah Dennis, who's a five, eight, five, nine or a Cynthia Johnson, who's five, nine, five, ten. So I think it's going to have to be, they are going to have to be phenomenal on the details and that's boxing out and pushing people back. And, and again, just crash the boards, crash the boards. The other thing they can do also is get those bigs in foul trouble. I think going to the rim, attacking at the rim, which is something they're so good. Um, you know, just again, going to their strength, their athletic, their, their defense is phenomenal. East Carolina. So getting out in transition, that should help also go against some, some big size as well. You know, uh, sorry that I kind of went from the players over to the matchup and now going back to the players, but you mentioned Zania Johnson. She might not have the greatest stat line on the team. She's definitely up there, but it seems like any time one of the young players gets frustrated, she's the one to kind of pull them aside and is really kind of the unspoken leader of this group. How have you seen her grow this year from a maturity standpoint? Kind of, I don't want to use the word off the court, but I would say not between the whistles. Well, I think for her, you know, was able to come back in the lineup um, when Jayla Herp was out due to a concussion. So she stepped up at a time when 
Jayla has had a really good freshman year, and Tania came back in. And as a junior, she knows the system. She her her athleticism and her defense leads to her offense. She is so athletic and phenomenal in transition. So that's a given. Her leadership and the ability to do the intangibles, the stuff that may not even get on a stat sheet, has been huge. And I think this week, I, you know, at the selection show on Sunday night, I spoke with Cole, their SID, and he said that she was literally in Amaya Joyner's ear during one of the half times of, of, of in their conference tournament. And Amaya Joyner came out completely different the second half. So that is the type of player that is is leading and calling out the potential and one of their best post players. And that's what she did. And Sania Johnson, she ran through the tournament. And I heard that on game day, she was throwing up at shoot-around that morning. I mean, the grit and the toughness that it took. She gave her heart and soul last Saturday night when I was watching the game on TV. And, and she truly deserves that accolade and that reward, but she is truly the unsung hero of this group of details and just doing the nitty gritty details. You know, I know it's not about player awards, but it was so wonderful with everything you're saying to see her win uh, the tournament MVP. I thought that was really cool because at the end of the day, I think she had pretty good stats, but like we said, they probably weren't the best on the team. But I think she definitely was truly the most valuable player. You mentioned the thing that that, uh, Cole brought up with Amaya Joyner. And I've seen Amaya get frustrated a few times this year, but she's a freshman that's known to happen among all freshmen. But I really think that she has grown so much in maturity, both on the court, just with her game and her attitude. And not that it was bad before, but I think that she has just blossomed this season. She has. And I think what's so cool, too, is you can actually see a shift with her kind of her starting. It was around December 19th. If you look at the stat sheet, if you look at when kind of every game was kind of off of who was leading the team in rebounds and rebounds. And then finally December 19th, she woke up and she decided that she was the best rebounding guard or a rebounding post player and one of the best rebounding post players in the league. And she blossomed. But with that too, like you said, the maturity in her, she has learned to walk away. She has learned to really just own her strengths. And she has done that so well of being active in the paint. And she, honestly, she doesn't even know her potential, which is so cool too, because she's actually a phenomenal passer. She has great court vision, but her athleticism just keeps her in the paint. And and I think for her, if she can just know her role, if she can just stay to her strengths, she is going to be unmatched. And obviously she's already cleared so many records as a freshman, but she it's been so sweet to see her growth and maturity and be a honestly a leader on the court for the team. No, it really has, and hopefully we can keep her all four years. Obviously, it's a uh, it's a weird era we live in, but we, we won't get too deep into that. Anyways, we got to get it kind of running out of time here. So, any final predictions, final thoughts for the uh, the game on Saturday against the uh, Longhorns? Yeah, I think it's going to be a great matchup. Again, you have. Two teams that are, are, are similar in defensive nature. Vic Schaefer, again, has a phenomenal group. This team has a lot of heart. They've been through a lot of injuries this year, um, and, and, and they have fought you know, to win that regular season championship. But then on the other side, you've got East Carolina. that They know grit. They know fight. Picked last, finished first, won a championship. I'm excited to see defense on display. And, again, it's going to be a great night of basketball. No, it definitely will. Well, thank you for your time, Brittany. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much.
And there she goes. Great uh, interview there from Brittany Hoy. I am so excited for tomorrow's game against the Longhorns. And that will about do it for our show today. Cookie, any final thoughts from you on today's show heading into ECU women's basketball tomorrow? Go Pirates in baseball and women's basketball all the way in both sports. All the way, baby. That's my final thoughts right there. All the way. I'm excited. Well, we thank you guys for joining us here on this special Friday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. ECU baseball is on the other side of this timeout.